Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies. This is Pardes from Jerusalem. I'm Larry Kluger, a Pardes alum. This week, Shabbat HaChodesh. This week, as COVID-19 impacts more and more people around the world, Pardes has published some resources for you to check out some extra Torah learning in this difficult time. Go to pardes.org.il and you'll see the links on our homepage. This week, Shabbat HaChodesh with Yiska Smith. Yiska Smith is an adjunct faculty member of Pardes. And now, Yiska Smith. Cultivating the spiritual practice of Hitchhatshut, inner renewal, revival, and redemption from the place of disappointment, darkness, and despair. Based on a teaching from the Netivot Shalom, Rabbi Shalom Noach Berezovsky, the Slonim Rebbe, who passed in the year 2000 in Yerushalayim. The Netivot Shalom explores the spiritual and deeper meaning of the first two verses in Exodus 12, Shmot Yud Bet. Hashem said to Moshe and Aharon in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be for you the beginning of the months. It shall be for you the first of the months of the year. The first mitzvah commandment to the nation of Israel that was spoken to Moshe Rabbeinu and Aharon Kohen introduces the first month of what is referred to as the Torah New Year. From this section in the Torah, we also learn that a new Torah-based month occurs when witnesses bear testimony to the appearance of a new moon. Hence, the origin of Jewish tradition adopting a lunar calendar. A new Chodesh, Chodesh is month from Chadash, from new. So a new month is a new moon, a new month, a new moon, becomes the reality, actually, of a new month, the Rosh, the Rosh Chodesh. The Torah-based New Year is compared with Rosh Hashanah, which is the annual celebration of the creation of Adam and Chava, of Adam and Eve. The first month of the Torah New Year is of historical and religious significance specifically to the nation of Israel, to Am Yisrael. However, the first month of the new year celebrating the creation of Adam and Eve, of humanity, is of universal significance. Based on these two quoted verses in Shemot, the Chumash refers to the various months throughout the Torah calendar by their numerical order of occurrence relative to Nisan being the first month. Many, many centuries later, this first month HaChodesh HaRishon of the Torah New Year, became known as the month of Nisan. In addition to this portion being read, as it appears in Parshat Bo in Exodus, in Shemot, this portion is always read on the Shabbat prior to Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which is two weeks before Pesach. Hence, the tradition arose to refer to this specific Shabbat as Shabbat HaChodesh. The Nativot Shalom begins by raising three questions. One, 
Firstly, he reminds us of the first Rashi commentary in the Torah, in Genesis 1-1, Bereshit Aleph Aleph, when Rabbi Yitzchak, in the Midrash Tanchuma, raises the issue that logically... The Torah, one would think, should have begun with this commandment of Nisan becoming the first month of the Torah New Year, instead of the creation narratives, being that it was the first mitzvah given to the Am Yisrael. If the Torah, he reasons, is the means by which God has given Am Yisrael the mitzvot, one could easily conclude that it therefore should have begun with the first of the 613 mitzvot. It's a logical assumption. Rabbi Yitzchak suggests that it was necessary, though, for the Torah to establish from the very beginning that, in fact, God is the creator of the universe and therefore has sovereignty over which land he allows the various nations to inhabit and for what length of time. Specifically, referring later on to when, in our history, centuries later, the nation of Israel, under the leadership of Yehoshua, entered what became known as Eretz Yisrael, with the godly commanded intent to conquer it from the existing powers, dispossess them of all ownership, and inhabit it as theirs." In light of this Midrashic response, the Nativot Shalom then asks, what are we to learn, therefore, about the unique character of this mitzvah, other than it being the first mitzvah, from its juxtaposition with the second mitzvah that we have, that was revealed to all of us, and that is the mitzvah of Korban Pesach, the, pas- the Pesach offering, which then, two weeks later, was followed by Yitziat Mitzrayim. So what is the connection between Rosh Chodesh, the establishment of a lunar calendar, the beginning of a new month, and that this new month would be the beginning of the new Torah year? What is the connection between that and the Korban Pesach? And then later on, two weeks later, the Yitziat Mitzrayim. That's the first question. Second question. The Midrash Mechilta emphasizes the word in the verse in Exodus for you, Lecham, to explain that the commandment establishing that the appearance of the new moon defines a new month is specific only to the nation of Israel, only to Am Yisrael. At this point in time, all other nations used a solar-based calendar as the means to mark time during the year. We now learn in this verse that aside from the specific meaning of what the command dictates, that as well this new lunar-based calendar was designed solely for the nation of Israel. Years later, other cultures did adopt a lunar-based calendar as well. But at this point in time, only Am Yisrael, or the Bnei Yisrael, we haven't even yet become a nation. We were becoming a nation. The Nativot Shalom asks, why does the Torah single out this mitzvah, though, as being for you, implying only for Am Yisrael and not for the other nations? Why would we think otherwise? Would we not say the same about all the other mitzvot as well? Excluding, of course, the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, the seven Noachide laws, which were designed and meant for all of humankind. Except for those seven, all the mitzvot are lechem, for you. 
Why Dafka? Nativot Shalom asks, why here, specifically in this first mitzvah, does it say lechem, for you? Thirdly, he asks, why does the verse state that this commandment was given to Am Yisrael in Eretz Mitzrayim, in the land of Egypt? The Torah does not usually mention the location of where various mitzvot are conveyed to the nation. The Nantivot Shalom begins addressing these three concerns with a short introductory teaching that expressed the great significance that our sages attribute to the practice of Kiddush Halavana, the sanctification of the moon. This ritual is performed outdoors at night once a month during the first part of the lunar cycle. This meaningful practice is highlighted by a Hebrew blessing, a selection from psalms and other prayers, and followed by joyous dancing. In Mesechat Sanhedrin, in Tractate Sanhedrin 42a Membet Aleph, the Chazal, the sages teach, one who blesses at the proper time the new month by means of reciting Kiddush HaLavana is considered Ke'ilu as if that person is actually encountering the face of the Divine Presence herself. Kol HaMavarech Al HaChodesh Bizmano Ke'ilu Mikabel Penei Shechina. The sages considered this comparison to be quite unusual and unique. What is the connection between this practice and experiencing an intimate encounter with the Shekhinah? In light of this teaching from the Gemara, we are compelled to seek what is unique to the lunar calendar that we do not find with the solar calendar. The moon experiences times as it wanes when it is masked by such total darkness that we are unable to even see a tiny glint of light. Yet even when the moon is completely hidden in this darkness, we witness when we hold on in its cycle that at the height of its concealment, it once again begins to wax. Its light becomes increasingly visible as it returns to its full illumination in the sky. However, in comparison, the light of the sun is consistently the same. Always a strong, bright, shining luminary in the sky, never waning, never waxing. However, as with all stars, the sun's destiny is to burn out and disappear into oblivion. This mirrors our own individual experience of sensing the divine presence, the Shekhinah in our lives. The experience itself waxes and wanes, wanes and waxes. At times, the divine presence is incredibly evident, incredibly revealed, and at other times, she remains quite concealed. At times like this, it's our belief and our trust, our emunah of betichon, which, which sustains us. This indeed describes the life of the Am Yisrael, of the people of Israel, as we are compared to the lunar cycle. Much of our history, especially in the diaspora, has been a recurring theme of suffering, faced with many troubles and anguish, as we seem to be shrouded in darkness and even despondency and despair. Yet, as with the moon, our faith, emunah, 
our trust, our bitachon, and our actual experience beckons us to remain hopeful and move through the cycle towards a renewal of light, a hitchat and illumination in its fullness, which are metaphors for revealed joy and gladness. As we say each month in the Kiddush Alavana, whose origin is in Sanhedrin 42a, Mem Bet Amud Aleph, and he directed the moon to renew itself as a crown of glory to those who are born by him from birth, who likewise are destined to be renewed, meaning Am Yisrael. V'lalavana Amma Shetitchadesh. This recognizes that the very existence of Am Yisrael is of a people whose secret is similar to that of the lunar cycle. At our people's darkest times, we never fully despair and assimilate into the abyss of oblivion. Condemned to disappear into eternal invisibility, our secret, like the moon, is that we are forever, Hevra, forever on the trajectory towards greater illumination and visibility, just like the Shekhinah herself. And when we again experience darkness and suffering, we believe that it is part of the cycle once again renewing and reclaiming our inner light that we are destined to shine out to the world. We are a nation that cultivates faith and trust, emunah bitachon, in our Creator. And just as the moon waxes and wanes, but yet is always present, we maintain fidelity to our relationship with the divine, both during the times of darkness and light. Just as the moon remains existent during every stage in its cycle, so does Am Yisrael, even in darkness. Therefore, it is fitting that the first mitzvah given to the nation was the Kiddush HaChodesh, the mirror image that defines who we are as a nation. Our tradition recognized Kiddush HaChodesh, the very sanctification each month with the appearance of each new moon, by witnessing the new moon, followed by sanctifying the new month, beginning with the Nisan, as now the beginning of the new year, in fact, in fact, is the very beginning of redemption. We now can understand the importance of the juxtaposition of this mitzvah with the second mitzvah that immediately follows, which is the mitzvah of Korban Pesach. The, the offering of the, of, of the Pesach offering. These two mitzvot directly precede the Yitziat Mitzrayim, the Exodus, two weeks later from Mitzrayim. The first mitzvah directly empowers and ennobles the nation to fulfill the second mitzvah as they become actually intertwined and interdependent one with the other. Realizing that we possess the secret to exist and even thrive in all sorts, in all sorts of conditions, in all sorts of places around the globe and during 
all times, both challenging and cause for celebration, is in fact what inspired the nation to comply with the command to offer the Korban Pesach. It was illogical. This was a deity in Egypt, an object of idol worship. And as a nation, we as well were steeped in idol worship in Abu Dazara. Yet God manifested to us what is referred to in Kabbalah as an awakening from above. Itavuta de la like a jolt, like a spiritual jolt from above, from around us. We were awakened by a jolt of sorts from above, inspired from outside of our own selves, to realize that deep inside, we always believed in redemption. We always believed in the divine presence. And we always believed in the integrity of our relationship with our own inner being, our own soul, even if it was latent. And it was. Notwithstanding that we sunk to the lowest level imaginable, beyond which we would have not even been able to be redeemed. From that deep, utter place of darkness, we suddenly sensed hope, tikva. We beheld the very first ray of light. We began to wax. Therefore, to offer the Korban Pesach expressed our own cycle of waxing out of our waned and dark existence, steeped in idol worship, in order to fulfill our destiny. The promise that God made to our patriarchs and matriarchs. The beginning of the Torah New Year, immediately preceding the command to offer the Korban Pesach, imbued the new budding nation of Israel with the eternal capacity to renew, with a resilience from the darkest depths of depravity, where we may have seemed to some on the brink of extinction to once again reclaim the inner light within each one of us, to wax and to illuminate. Even when a Jew may feel completely cut off and cast away by God, deep inside there remains the power to renew the power to wax once again. The Netivot Shalom now addresses the connection between this first mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh and the word in the verse for you, Lachem, to explain that the commandment establishing that the appearance of the new moon defines a new month is specific only to the nation of Israel, only to Am Yisrael. He believes that this defines the very, the unique character, who we are as an Am. Not only is this mitzvah of adopting a lunar calendar the first mitzvah, and yes, as with all mitzvot, of course it's for you, Lachem, to the exclusion of the other nations. But additionally, this actually defines who we are in our most unique way, which is different and, and separate from all the other mitzvot. That's why this was the first mitzvot, lachem, to you, because it defined our very, our, our very identity as a people. Unlike all other nations, the ever constant inner strength to reclaim, to renew, to blossom once again is the unique gift that God bestowed to the nation of Israel. 
While each nation possesses a unique culture, a unique language, unique values that characterize it as a particular nation, no other nation possesses this mysterious trait that mirrors the cycle of the moon. Hence, the Nativot Shalom teaches Hashem gifted this new budding Am Yisrael with this uncanny and mysterious trait by referring to the mitzvah as for you, lachem, you will become this, you are this, emphasizing that while other nations may share values similar to some of our own, the everlasting quality to wax and wane and wax again belongs uniquely to the Jewish people. Now we can understand why the verse Unlike other verses that include the various mitzvot, specifically mentions where in fact the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh was given to the nation in Eretz Mitzrayim, in the land of Egypt. The Nativot Shalom believes that again, there is an innate connection between the implications of this first mitzvah with it being commanded dafka, specifically in Mitzrayim. In Mitzrayim, in Egypt, God decided to reveal to not only Am Yisrael, but to the Egyptians as well, that while logically we were positioned to become extinct and forgotten forever, from this depraved place in utter darkness, we would be redeemed. Actually, it was in Mitzrayim and not at Harsinai that God first chose to assign a unique mandate to the Hebrew slaves that were about to be the first people to be redeemed from Egyptian enslavement. The time had come for God to keep his promise that he made to Avraham at the Brit HaBetarim, the covenant of the pieces. The relationship between the assigning of the lunar calendar to Am Yisrael and the time of redemption, the gu'ula from Egyptian enslavement, was one of perfect synchronicity. To the casual onlooker, one had nothing to do with the other. Therefore, that this mitzvah was conveyed dafka in Mitzrayim may seem not to bear any significance. However, nothing, chavri, nothing could be further from the truth. The origin of this first mitzvah being commanded dafka in Mitzrayim became the first step in God keeping his promise to Avraham 400 years earlier. God said to Avraham in Bereshit, Tetvav, in, in Genesis 15, 13 and 14, Yud Gimel and Yud Dalad, quote, and he said unto Avram, this is even before Avram's name was changed to Avraham, Know of surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Gadol. 
Yeshayahu, Isaiah, succinctly captured one possible understanding of the Rechush Gadol, of the great substance, when he explained that our universal role with humankind is to be a light unto the nations. That's part of our Rechush Gadol. In Yeshayahu, we read in 49.6, in Lamatet, in Memtet Vav, I will make you a light for the nations so that my salvation may extend to the ends of the earth. And this is the light of the moon, ever constant in its cyclical movements through time, from darkness to light as it waxes, and from light to darkness as it wanes, once again renewing itself. And so the cycle continues. And this is the light of redemption, the Orgu'ula, for all humankind. In light of this inspiring teaching, I invite each of you to consider cultivating the spiritual practice of inner self-renewal. By contemplating on the following three ideas. The light of the sun appears the same every day. However, the light of the moon appears differently each day. This means, Chavre, that each day our Creator is asking of us to not merely repeat what we did yesterday, to not be the same today as yesterday. Do something different, something special each day. Ask yourselves what it is you need to know in order to do something new today. At this very moment, what is needed right now? Also, what is the first sign that I am a renewed person or a renewing person, becoming more renewed person? It's when everyone else looks new in a way that you have never seen them before. Has that ever happened to you? All of a sudden you're aware uh, a, a partner, an intimate partner, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, a very dear friend, your parents, your children, very your, your colleagues, your teachers, your students, community members. Have you ever noticed all of a sudden, wow, there's something new about you? According to the spiritual masters, that's a sign that you yourself are experiencing newness. Observe this phenomenon. In the course of your day, in the course of a week, in the course of a month, be aware, pay attention, as the Piyasasna always says, to Sumatlev, Histaklut, Mamash Histaklut, really become aware, gaze into the course of your day. Is there anything you notice new about other people? The Orgadalia, Rav Gedalia Halevi Shur, who passed in New York in 1979, explains that all forms of life that we see are in fact giluim, they are manifestations of the divine plenty, the shefa. All forms of life are constantly being renewed at the celestial, spiritual root of life. Hence the appearance of the new moon signifies that real new energy, real new life energy continuously emanates from above. This is the deeper meaning of Rosh Chodesh. Whomever wishes, whomever wishes to renew oneself can do so and receive help from above as the new moon begins to illuminate. To receive this energy of renewal, we simply need to unite, mamash to unite, 
we ahead with the divine within us, the infinite source of infinite renewal. The question I ask all of us, how do you sense encountering? How do you sense uniting with the divine presence within you? How do you sense the Kabel Pnei receiving the divine presence? What is that like for you? In conclusion, I would like to bless all of us and bless me back. <laughs> May we all manifest our ever-renewing light to ourselves and to the world around us, the dark world around us. May it become filled with all of our light. Thank you, Yiska. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode of Pardis from Jerusalem.